Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, pet lovers, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm your host, Marie Hewlett, and isn't this time change wonderful? 5.30 in the morning doesn't seem as early as it was last week. I hope you are all well-rested and your day is getting off to a great start. This morning, I've asked Zahra Neely from the Pasadena Humane Society to stop by and chat with us about all the current news from the shelter. If you've never been to the Pasadena Humane Society, you really need to consider paying them a visit because they have so many wonderful programs from training classes to fun events to pet adoption services that are just phenomenal. We'll hear more from Zahra. Then after our halftime break, Steve Applebaum from Animal Behavior College will be dropping by to share some training tips to prepare your pets and keep them safe through the chaotic holiday season. Believe me, even if your pet is well-trained, you'll probably want to consider some refresher courses to avoid any trouble. So keep your radio tuner set to KJAZZ 88.1 FM and we'll be right back. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and I'd like to welcome Zara Neely from the Pasadena Humane Society to the program. Good morning, Zara. Morning, Marie. <laughs> I'm so glad that you can be with us today because I'm a huge fan of the Pasadena Humane Society, and I love talking about it. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. <laughs> so how long have you been with the Society? I've, with, I've been with the Pasadena Humane Society for uh, just about two years. Okay, and what do you do there? I'm the community relations associate, um, so I assist. I run all of the social media for the agency, um, as well as uh, doing public relations and communications. Oh, that sounds fun! So you get to post all the cute pictures of all the the animals on the website and on Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. Then exactly, you name it, I do it. Yeah, do you have a pretty big following? Yes, um, I think last time I checked, we're just over 6,500 fans on Facebook. Oh, that's great. What is your Facebook page, by the way? Um, It's www.facebook.com forward slash Pasadena Humane. Excellent. Let's tell everybody what the Pasadena Humane Society is. (laughs) Well, the Pasadena Humane Society is an open-door animal shelter, meaning we take in all animals, uh, regardless of age, um, illness, health, temperament, or breed, from um, our seven service cities that we contract with. Okay. What cities are those, by the way? Um, They are Arcadia, Arcadia. Glendale, La Cañada, Flint Ridge, uh, Pasadena, San Marino, Sierra Madre, and South Pasadena. Okay. Listeners, there will be a quiz at the end of this broadcast. (laughs) I hope you wrote that down. (laughs) Are you open every day? Uh, No. We are actually closed to the public on Mondays. Okay. And that's just like a general total clean the facility and and get everything back into tip-top shape because I'm sure having all those animals there... Takes a toll. <laughs> it, right, right. We take the best care, you know, that we can do for the animals, so we just need that one day of downtime. Okay. <laughs> Is that also a day when you do a lot of spay and neuters? 
Uh, yes, um, we do uh, in-house spay and neuters um, on that day as well. Okay, is that just for animals who are currently residents of the shelter, or can citizens bring pets in to have their own pets spayed or neutered there? So right now, uh, we do have a public spay-neuter program called SNP <laughs> um, that is offered <laughs> um, awesome. to residents in our service area, so those seven service cities, um, and that runs on Wednesdays and Saturdays by appointment only. Oh, excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. But every single pet that's adopted from your facility, I'm assuming, is spayed or neutered before it goes out the door. Absolutely. Oh. Every uh, pet is spayed-neutered, um, receives their first set of vaccinations and are microchipped. That's outstanding. Mm -hmm. So this is a great place to adopt a pet, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. We have a very high adoption rate, um, and we have adoptions counselors that help, um, you know, potential adopters to find the best match for them um, so we can place animals into into the best homes possible. Well, that's really good because I know a lot of times people will go in and they'll adopt a pet that they're not really prepared for, and in some shelters there's no pre-adoption counseling whatsoever, and within a week or two the animal gets returned because it didn't work out, and that's hard on the pets, and it's hard on people too. And I think pre-counseling or pre-adoption counseling is so very important, and I'm very glad that you guys do that. Thank you. Yeah, like we said, um, we want to make sure that the animals are placed into the best home possible. So um, a good resource that we do have um, is our website, um, PasadenaHumane.org, and we have our um, adoptions procedures listed so um, adopters can know what to expect before they come to the shelter. Oh, that's excellent. And do you have support services after somebody adopts a pet? Do you have any kind of training programs? Let's say somebody adopts a rambunctious six-month-old Labrador that wants to uh, chew all your furniture. (laughs) Right. Um, Yes, we do offer um, training classes here at the shelter as well as at the Arboretum in Arcadia. Um, And we have everything from puppy kindergarten to basic obedience classes, tricks classes, tri-ball, which is a a herding sport. Um, We use these giant yoga balls that the dogs use... um, push across um, the room, (laughs) so it really makes them focus um, on the activity. So we offer quite a a few classes. And now, is this just for people who have adopted pets from the shelter, or are these classes open to the public at large? Uh, They're open to the public. Um, That's great. mm -hmm, If there is a discount, if you have adopted or even if you volunteer at the shelter, um, we do give a little discount. Oh, that's very cool. Nice incentive there, especially for volunteering. And I like to really encourage folks to volunteer if they have a chance because all shelters and rescues are desperately in need of volunteers to help out. And if you got the time, then do it. Tell everybody about your volunteer program. Absolutely. Um, our volunteers are the heart and soul of the shelter. We have over 500 volunteers, wow. which is huge. <laughs> and they all play an integral part um, with shelter operations. We have uh, volunteers who help with our behavior department um, as far as training the dogs, um, we have volunteers that help in the main office, that help with our health staff in the clinic. Um, so you name it, we have volunteers who are willing to help 
with now, everything. Do you have to come in with skills, or do you have volunteer training classes? Um, well, the first thing um, is that they would have to apply, and we are vice president of volunteer services um, tries to match them with the um, department that best suits their needs. Um, and we do offer volunteer orientation. Okay. Mm -hmm. And volunteers aren't required to do anything that they're not comfortable doing. For example, if somebody is worried about taking out a big dog because they're a small-framed person, mm -hmm. they're not going to be asked to do anything that they're not comfortable doing, right? Absolutely not. No, and if they're uncomfortable, you know, that's why staff are here, so we can assist them with it. Excellent, excellent. How long has the Pasadena Humane Society been around? Wow, uh, we've been around for a while, since 1903. Are you serious? Yeah, so 110 wow. years. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you have a big extravaganza around your 100th anniversary? I know you haven't been there that long, but maybe you've heard tales. <laughs> oh, I've heard and I've seen. Um, for our 100th anniversary, so that would have been 2003, we had um, a rose parade float. Oh, that's very cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so do you have pictures of the float up at the office? Uh, yes, we do. Uh -huh. oh, pretty neat. But 110, that's another big milestone. It is. Do you it have is. anything planned for a birthday celebration of sorts? Uh, not yet. Not that I can say. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but we have some other things coming up that we're really looking forward to. Well, I know that you guys do some terrific events. One of my favorites is the Wiggle Waggle Walk. Are you doing that again? Oh, absolutely. That's our signature event. Um, we've been doing it since uh, 1998, so about 15 years. Oh, great. And we just had um, the 15th annual Wiggle Waggle Walk on September 29th at the Rose Bowl. Oh, how did it go? Oh, it was great. We raised um, more than $300,000. No uh, way. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You guys are terrific at fundraising, and, and all that money goes to help the animals at the facility, and, and that's just remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really wonderful to see the community rally together to support, um, you know, animals in our community. Um, we had about 2,000 people and their four-legged friends, their dogs, come out and walk around the Rose Bowl um, to help support the animals. That's very cool. And, and I know that's a real big one, but you have some smaller fun fundraisers. For example, I think you have an ice cream social coming up um, November 30th? Yes. Uh -huh. um, we have a ice cream social fundraiser with Rita's Italian Ice mm. um, in La Cunata. Um, and our mobile unit will be there. Um, our mobile unit is our 33-foot shelter on wheels. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, so you can adopt a pet right right there while you're enjoying an Italian ice. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we, we do have uh, a lot of fun fundraisers. We also have, um, I think, November 23rd through the 24th, uh, Pasadena City College is doing their one million meals marathon food drive okay as well and and are you encouraging people to also drop off pet food yes oh, uh, because great. we do have a food bank excellent i know so many so many organizations are also trying to help people who are on the special food programs to also get pet food because pets are an integral part of every family. And, and if you have a beloved four-legged family member and, and you're struggling financially, this kind of help is just priceless. Exactly, right. Um, 
Yeah, we're here to help in every way possible. Let's talk about your your main facility again. Is parking an issue at all? Where do people park if they're going to come up and visit? <laughs> so right now, um, with the current shelter, we have a very small lot right off of Raymond Avenue, um, and uh, as well as street parking, and we have... Um, 90-minute free parking in the metro station. Okay. Um, but we are opening up a new facility Ooh, um, soon. Yay. <laughs> um, and, and that'll take care of all of your parking problems. Exactly. <laughs> um, the Animal Care Center, uh, which is our expansion um, facility, it's a 35,000-square-foot facility, will ha- actually have um, underground parking. <laughs> so parking oh, will not nice. be a problem anymore. Outstanding. Well, before I let you go, let's give out your website one more time. Absolutely. Uh, it is www.pasadenahumane.org. Zara, news from the Pasadena Humane Society is always fabulous, and I'm glad you were able to share it with us this morning. Good luck with everything, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Marie. (laughs) It is time to take a quick break now, but don't go away, because we'll be right back with more of the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and our friend Steve Applebaum from Animal Behavior College is joining us now. Hi, Steve. How are you this morning? Marie, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well, too. Thank you. And I just want you to remind everybody about your background and a little bit about the Animal Behavior College. Well, I was a professional dog trainer for 30 years. I was very fortunate that I started a business that uh, did reasonably well. We were able to uh, offer obedience training for a major pet chain for many, many years. Uh, I realized in that business that one of the challenges we had were trying to find trainers all across the United States and Canada to teach in the stores and that there was a, a lack of a consistent educational standard for trainers. You know, that is true. I think there are so many different philosophies in training, and you never really know what you're going to get. You might go to a trainer and think they're perfect, and then you find out their methods for training are completely contrary to what your own values are. Yes. Now, that's absolutely true, and that's uh, that was part of the challenge. The other part is because there's no agreed-upon standard, uh, no state federal or in Canada, provincially recognized certification. Um, Trainers utilize a wide variety of training methodologies and don't have to necessarily learn the same basic things as other trainers. So we used to do this test. We used to give tests to trainers that we were looking to hire in my other company, and 70% of them that claimed at least two years professional experience couldn't pass the test. And this wow. was not a super complex test. You know, we were talking just basic information about dogs, basic information about behavior, and how you would take your knowledge of behavior and apply it in real-world situations. That led to me founding Animal Behavior College back in the late 90s. Okay. And since then, it's grown to a, a, a nationally uh, recognized institution with students in all 50 states and every Canadian province. 
Nowadays, we don't just do dog training. We uh, train dog trainers. We also have a professional groomer program and one for veterinary assistants. We launched a cat training program in 2010. Right, or, excuse we've me, 2011, about that. That's very uh, cool. Is, yeah, it's, it's been great. So uh, um, that's, that's my background and what, what, what I do. Well, that's outstanding, and and you are the perfect person then to talk about something that I think is really important this time of year, and that is preparing for the upcoming holiday season to make sure that your pets are safe and all of your invited family and friends are safe when they come to your house. I mean, so much can go wrong during the holidays. And, well, let's just talk about the fact that people are going to be coming and going and doors are going to be left open and your dog or your cats or whatever animals you might happen to have might decide to bolt out the door. So there's probably some training you can do ahead of time to make sure that doesn't happen. The the thing to recognize with the holidays are that there are oftentimes environmental changes, and some of these changes can be dangerous, or at the very least dangerous for dogs and at times exasperating for owners. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you certainly pointed out a very good one, which is that often when the holidays come, you have guests, possibly have family from out of town, doors and gates are utilized more frequently as greater numbers of people are coming to your house. They're oftentimes left open. And if the dog has not learned to not run out the gate, not run out the door, you know, you can run into, at the very least, an inconvenience and, at worst, you know, a real danger. Right. Uh, if the dog runs into the street or, uh, you know, gets out and gets lost or something like that. So obedience training, teaching the dog to uh, not only listen better to your cues, but to basically learn boundaries, to understand that the only time he or she is allowed to go out the front door, the back door, the gate, or whatever, is when on a leash, you know, and told, okay, we can go out. And how do we do that? It may sound a little regimented, but yeah. it, can save, it can save your pet's life. What, what's the, the way that somebody can teach a dog not to bolt out the door just because it's open? You know, there, there, there are a number of ways. Um, the, the, first, the first step is to start to teach the dog to stop at the boundary. And so the way to do that is through repetition. You put the best way is to put the dog on a leash and, you know, flat collar or harness or, or whatever, walk the dog to the door and open it. Now, most dogs are, you know, oh, great, time for a walk. And they're, you know, they're ready to run out. And when they do, you gently pull them back. You have them sit. You tell them to stay. And if they haven't learned to sit and stay, obviously you need to work on these cues first. Okay. And when the dog is sitting and staying, then you praise the desired appropriate behavior. Then you walk away. And then you bring the dog back, and you do the same thing again. Open so, the door. And most dogs, after the second or third time, will completely get the message, and they'll, you know, they're not going to run out. They'll, they'll sit, and they'll, they'll look up at you going, yeah, I got it. And at that point, lavishly praise. You know, little food treats are fine. Just make sure you, you, know, you don't give the dog huge amounts of food, because one of the other challenges you run into <laughs> in the holiday season <laughs> is there's lots of extra food around. Yeah. And the fact, in fact, that some of these the food that we may ingest can actually be very dangerous to dogs, mm-hmm. even if they are able to eat things that are perfectly okay, as in not poisonous, you know, weight can be an issue for, for, for them and for us. Right. And so when you're giving little food treats, keep them small, and ideally keep them hidden. Okay. You know, one of the, one of the things to, think, to understand about food is it's a fantastic motivator with most dogs. But you don't want to create a visual dependency on it. But can't Otherwise, they smell it? 
you, can sometimes <laughs> you have to be have a little your... tougher to get the dog to respond when you don't have the treat in your hand. That's true, but you have to use your little Ziploc bag, too, to keep the Ziploc odor. bags are, are, are fine, although I would recommend either a food pouch or just grab a handful of dry, you know, little cookies, uh, something, uh, dog cookies, you know, something that's, that doesn't have a lot of odor, that can be broken into small pieces, and that you can conceal. The okay. challenge with a, with a little baggie is, is that the dog hears it, uh, the dog sees it a lot of times, and the less the dog sees, the less visually dependent on this the dog be, it becomes, and the easier it is to get the dog to respond without it. Okay. Because let's face it, there are going to be times when that door is going to be open, there's not going to be any treats around, and you need to know that that dog will have learned to sit and to stay and to not run out irrespective of whether it's food around or not. So, so it's start a great now. You don't want to wait until two days before the holiday. No, this is something, and, and it's really timely to talk about it now because we are, you know, a good three or four weeks, three weeks from, from Thanksgiving and, you know, a, a month and a half from, you know, from Christmas and New Year's. And so there is a bit of time. Uh, but boundary, boundary training is one of the more difficult concepts to teach in a short period of time. It's something that you typically are going to take, you know, at least two, three weeks a month for the dog to get under all circumstances. Okay. And that's a, that's a big key to teaching boundaries. You know, once the dog has learned that just because you walk up to the door or the gate and open it, that it's not okay for him or her to run out, then you've got to teach the dog not to do it when there's someone on the other side of the door and the gate mm-hmm. because there's an additional distraction there. Plus, you need to teach it not just at the front door if there's a challenge of the dog running out multiple doors, you need to teach the dog not to do this, not to run out at all of these doors so that the behavior can become generalized. Oh, that's uh, otherwise, funny. the dog may learn it's okay to run out the back door, but not the front door. Yeah. Um, hey, you so, brought up, you brought, and I, I have to move you along because we have such a short, short amount of time to squeeze in so many things, but you brought up people on the other side. And I want to talk about babies, children, and senior citizens along with jumping up because they're so excited. Yes. What do we do to stop that behavior? Um, jumping... There are a number of things you can do about jumping. First off, one of the most important things that you know pet parents can do with their dogs is to understand that consistency is absolutely critical. And what I mean by that, I mean, everybody knows what consistency means, but specifically when it, with regards to jumping, what people often do is they come home, and if they're in the mood, they'll, and it depends on the person, but a lot of people will greet the dog in a super... Uh, hyper, kind of high-energy mode, the dog will jump all over them, and they don't care, mm-hmm. except on alternate Tuesdays when they're wearing nice clothing, and they do. <laughs> okay, so, you know, the, the first key is to understand that at least during the training process, you're not going to be encouraging this behavior by playing rough, jumpy games with the dog. Okay. Uh, easier said than done, especially when you have kids who tend to like to do this, but you want to really try to discourage that as much as possible, as well as greeting the dog in a calm fashion. The key to jumping, besides being consistent and not giving a mixed message, is to recognize why the dog jumps. And for most dogs, it's pretty simple. They jump because they want to get attention and praise, and they also jump because they want to be closer to your face. They want to make closer eye contact to you. So it's, it's, it's a very common behavior, arguably the most common behavioral challenges people have to deal with. But it could be um, real dangerous if you have oh, a yeah. 95-year-old great-grandma coming through the door Absolutely. with a cane. <laughs> Absolutely. So the key is teach the dog an alternative behavior. Start with you, then work with the family, 
and then, then, then we'll get to guests. So with you, when the dog jumps, because it doesn't matter how calmly some people greet their dogs, dogs are still going to jump all over them. Mm-hmm. So for you, the best move to make, and, and I know this is somewhat counterintuitive, is when the dog jumps, literally ignore the behavior. Easier said than done, but it may entail you having to keep walking around so that the dog can't, you know, the dog has to keep jumping and jumping off and then jumping and jumping off. It's not as comfortable for the dog as if you stand in one place. Uh, Maybe you have to simply walk out of the room, but ignore it. That Ignoring it doesn't mean, by the way, telling the dog, no, 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 calm down. It means literally giving the dog no contact whenever the dog jumps. Now, that alone is not going to do it. What you also have to do is teach the dog to approach you, and you do this first when the dog is calmer, and sit to get praise. That's the key. The dog comes up to you and sits, and that's when you bend down to pet the dog. Great advice, Now, again, obedience helps. When the dog is very hyper or, or excitable and is jumping all over the place, if the dog understands the sit cue and will actually listen to it, when the dog jumps, when you simply walk away or sidestep, and then the dog comes back and you tell the dog to sit, and the dog does and can be praised, which is why he's jumping in the first place, the dog will soon learn. It takes about a week or two. Great, That's Steve. The way I, to get I'm, you know, we have such a short amount of time together, and I hate to cut you off because you're giving great advice, but we have to go to a break, and I want to thank you for being on the show you're today. You're very welcome. I'll be uh, happy to come back anytime you'd like. So everybody stay tuned, and we'll be right back on KJAZ 88.1 FM. Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Tonight at the Ritz-Carlton Laguna Nigel, the Diamond Ball will be taking place. It's an evening of inspiration and fun that will raise funds for animal charities that save lives. The beneficiaries for the 2013 gala are Friends of Orange County's Homeless Pets and the Wounded Veteran Initiative of Canine Companions for Independence. The evening includes a silent and live auction, a four-course dinner presented by executive chef Pedro Contreras, paired with Mutt Lynch wines with each course, a DJ and dancing, and the Diamond Drop Extravaganza, an opportunity where guests can donate gems and jewelry in support of the cause. For more information, visit www.thediamondball.org. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on KJAZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Thank you.